and welcome to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. My name is Jesse, and I will be your host. So today we're going to be doing our What I Watched for the month of uh, July of 2023. So talking about the movies that I watched, what my general thoughts on them were, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, as you're hearing this right now, um, it'll be pretty much about a year's time that I've been doing this podcast, which is like crazy to me. Um, so thank you so much for listening. And I've been able to do so many cool things with the podcast, and I hope to continue doing more cool things. Um, so I'm so happy for your listenership and uh for anybody who likes the show and and uh you know couldn't couldn't do it without the people who listen and all of that but uh let's move on to you know what i watched this month though so for july 1st i had um two movies i watched i watched starship troopers 1997 uh, because i did an episode on it um and so with this movie in particular um the plot of it is it's set in the future uh, the for- story follows a young soldier named johnny rico who's played by casper van Dien, um and his exploits in the mobile infantry uh, Rico's military career progresses from a recruit to a non-commissioned officer and finally to an officer against the backdrop of an interstellar war between mankind and an arachnoid species known as the Bugs. So I put in my letterbox review, uh, would you like to know more? Which is a line from the movie. Um, which I thought was fun. And also this, uh, I said it gave me more grounded, the fifth element vibes a little bit, uh, but I really enjoyed myself. And I think the satire in this movie works. Um, I say more grounded fifth element kind of thing. So it's set in the future. Uh, but I, I do think it kind of has that a little bit and, uh, it's not as crazy as fifth element. I, I personally like that movie a lot, but I know some people don't, but whatever. Um, and I do think the satire of this film works. You know, this is a Paul Verhoeven film. So he's given us like basic instinct and showgirls and stuff like that. But I, uh, I think that this movie was very misunderstood when it came out. Um, and people thought it was somehow pro fascism when really it's not at all. And it's really kind of, poking some sort of fun at it really and just how ridiculous it is um but yeah starship troopers is what i watched and then on top of that i watched a movie called graduation day from 1981 uh so this movie is uh about a masked killer who begins murdering students um on the school track team after a track runner dies upon completion of a 30 second 200 meter race so this is an early 80s kind of horror film cheesy horror film i gave it a two and a half um i said this movie isn't exactly good but damn it cheesy 80s horror films just have give me a warmth in my heart um and that is the truth for me i i even if the movie may not be that good i still tend to enjoy it um, and you know, it kind of depends, I guess, but with graduation day, I, I don't think this movie is anything to write home about. I like the, uh, or I like the kind of main girl we have, um, who's the sister of the, uh, person who died in the beginning. Um, I won't go too into spoilers, but I did just tell you what the plot was pretty much. But, uh, yeah, but this movie, I think it has like some little weird things going for it. Like it has like, uh, one of the film, it's not the film debut, but it's like, uh, uh, it has Linnea Quigley in it from like, you know, return to living dead and sorority babes and slime ball Bolarama. Um, she actually replaced a person. Cause there was another person who was on the, the, the track team or whatever who was another girl uh, but she got fired apparently and so Lene Quigley, Quigley was kind of her replacement and uh, actually funny enough like there's like a error where they they uh they kill oh well spoiler they kill Lene Quigley's character in this movie uh but 
they like cut her head off or something but when they cut the head off or whatever it's not Linnea Quigley's head it's the original girl's head which if you don't know Linnea Quigley's like a blonde lady so it kind of didn't help and even back then she was blonde too so but anyway so graduation day I thought it was kind of fun I think it was on Tubi is what I watched it on and Starship Troopers I think was on Netflix actually so but yeah I liked graduation day for the cheese that it is also it has a a before fame Vanna White weirdly enough um because she was in this movie um so that was kind of fun so I don't know yeah if you want to go watch it go ahead um the next day I watched uh two movies I watched um Euro Trip from 2004, because I was in the mood too. It was on Pluto. Um, Euro Trip, if you don't know, it's kind of in the vein of a American Pie sex comedy type movie. But it's uh, when Scott learns that his longtime cyber buddy from Berlin is a gorgeous young woman. Him and his friends uh, embark on a trip across Europe. Uh, so in this movie, um, like the only person of note in it is like Michelle Trachtenberg really. Cause she was, she's been in other things now too. Uh, the other people in this movie have been in like small things here and there, but haven't really been in a whole lot of like movies since. Um, and then like, you have like, uh, like from small value of like Christine Crook plays, um, uh, Scotty's boy, uh, girlfriend, uh, who's cheating on him. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, no, but, uh, I, I gave this movie a three and I hearted it because it has some nostalgic qualities for me a little bit. Uh, it's a little problematic kind of sort of, but like overall it's a fun little comedy. Um, it's always fun seeing Michelle Trachtenberg getting work. So I, I love that for her. Uh, the song in this, which is Scotty doesn't know, which is a banger. Um, I like that as well. Um, this is so 2004 that it hurts, but this is kind of what people found funny a little bit. It was that irreverent comedy, which again, uh, I can get into, you know, depending, I mean, shit, why not? But again, it doesn't always work all the time. Uh, I also said that Scotty is horrible at German because he kind of is because the whole point is that he's like, he was in German class cause he graduates from high school and he has this like uh, pen pal who's in Germany in Berlin. And, like um he finds out that you know he thought he was a guy or whatever and he thought the guy was coming on to him and oh gay panic so then like you know he finds out it's a girl actually it's a really hot girl and then that kind of sets apart that's the catalyst for the rest of the movie pretty much but it's funny because like he says something um because you know he's reading her german message on email or whatever after he said that you know my girlfriend broke up with me blah 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 blah. and he says the word um zusammen uh and i'm somebody who i took some german you know years and years ago in college and you know in high school and stuff like that but it's so funny because he says this and i think it's supposed to be that he doesn't really know german very well but he says zuzaman and i was like girl like you can't even say zuzaman and you were in german class like that's something you learn like that's an actual word and it's a verb pretty much but like what the hell dude like uh anyway but whatever it's fine i also said i'd also let lucy lawton lawless dominate me because she's in this movie as a dominatrix and yeah that's xena so why not that'd be fun uh but yeah euro trip that's what i watched it uh was on pluto like i said and then i think it became available on prime apparently so i was like what the hell i could have watched this without uh commercials but yeah alas i didn't it's fine Anyway, then the next movie I watched the same day was a movie called Daniel Isn't Real from 2019. This movie is by Adam Egypt Mortimer, and this is about a troubled college freshman, Luke, played by um, 
Miles Robbins. Uh, he suffers a violent family tragedy or trauma and resurrects his childhood best friend, like imaginary friend, Daniel, to help him cope. Uh, Daniel is played by Patrick Schwarzenegger. Uh, so <laughs> I became uh, familiar with this movie because actually the horror queers, shout out horror queers, um, they did a video on their uh, YouTube page with like pride watch recommendations or something like that. And he, uh, they talked about Daniel isn't real. And I was like, oh, okay. So I found that it was on stars and I ended up watching it. Um, and I, I like uh, Trace did say that this movie could also be called nepotism. The movie a little bit because Miles Robbins is uh, Tim Robbins's and Susan Sarandon's son, like biological son. And then um, Patrick Schwarzenegger is obviously the child of Arnold Schwarzenegger and I believe Marie Shriver. So like, you know, but it's still a fine little movie. Um, I say in my review, I say Eva Amori's half brother, because technically that is Eva Amori for those not in the know is, uh, well, we'll get to that in a minute, but she's in the movie saved. Um, she plays Cassandra, but anyway, uh, so it's her half brother technically, cause I don't think they're like related by blood, but he's super cute. He also looks like the douchey Sprouse bro, not the one, uh, more like Cole. He looks a little bit more like, well, I guess they both look the same, but he looks, I don't know. He just looks like the douchey Sprouse, uh, Sprouse uh, twin or whatever. Um, the other one just got married to his longtime girlfriend, which is very nice. But anyway, I also said Susan Sarandon birthed this guy, which she did. Um, the demon is the son of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like my, my, my notes on letterbox are so dumb. Sometimes I did say that it was a entertaining watch. At least, um, I gave it a three. It's very much a psychological movie, like a psychological horror, which I tend to be down for. But like uh, this one, I was kind of like, all right, cool. Like, you know, it's like a manifestation of what grief and trauma can do to you and that kind of thing. And, you know, like a little itty bitty queer kind of sort of because it's these two men and, you know, they have this like very intense relationship, obviously, because, you know whatever but it, it's very interesting and i don't know i i kind of I, I liked it enough it was perfectly fine with me um then the next day uh i watched uh, i decided to be a patriot and watch some movies uh so i watched uh because this is the day before um independence day so i watched uh dick from 1999 which i did an episode on back earlier in the show um this uh movie so it's about two high school girls they wander off during a class trip to the white house and they meet Rit president richard nixon um and they become the official dog walkers of um nixon's dog checkers and become his secret youth advisors during the watergate scandal um so this is like a it's kind of a comedic historical retelling of what happened at watergate in the 70s and also kind of a parody of like all the president's men a little bit too um and i i said happy independence gay in my my letterbox review uh i love this movie i gave it like a four um i've given it a five before but i i still give it like i enjoy it a lot um like i said i did an episode on it i own it on blu-ray um i i really like this movie i think it's very underrated and um kirsten dunst and michelle williams do such a good job in this movie and uh yeah so and then the same day, I decided to watch a little movie called Drop Dead Gorgeous from 1989, because I also own this on Blu-ray. Um, again, happy Independence Day. 
uh, this movie will never not be good. I love it so much, you know, and uh, I also say in the movie, the girls in the bathroom are iconic. Um, so if you don't know what Drop Dead Gorgeous is, if you've never heard about it, it's small Minnesota town. It's an annual beauty pageant that happens. Um, and pretty much like uh, there's Gladys Lehman played by Kirstie Alley, who's like kind of the it's her and her daughter played by Denise Richards. They enter the pageant, but then you have the underdog Amber Atkins, who is Kirsten Dunst in the movie. And like, it's pretty much just following this pageant in the small Minnesota town. Um, and it's kind of like a Christopher guest movie, if you will, very much a mockumentary. Um, it's like, it's just so fun though. And I love this movie. Uh, but what I was saying with the girls in the bathroom. So like there's a camera crew following this whole thing and they go and interview these girls that are in like a school bathroom or whatever. And of course they're like smoking or whatever. And like the one, um, she's like also pregnant as well. But I love the one girl who's just like, they ask about like, if you're going to be the pageant, or are you going to try out? And the one girl's like, I ain't going to be in no goddamn pageant. I love her. Uh, and I like her pregnant friend because the preg- pregnant friend is actually in the movie Sugar and Spice, which was technically written by the writer of this movie. Um, I love that. But I also love one of her lines where she um, they say something about, like, are you going to go to the parade tomorrow after the whole um, pageants happened? And then she says, nah, I think I'm due or something being fully pregnant. I just thought it was so funny. Anyway, yeah, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Go fucking watch it. It was on HBO. For, it might still be on there, actually. Um or go buy this thing. It's on Blue right now. So, I mean, come on, get with the program. Anyway, so then we had Jorth of July, uh, which was fun because I get a day off of work, which is nice. Um, so not that I celebrated or anything like that, but I decided to watch a little, I decided to have an Eve-a-thon. Um, and I watched all about Eve from 1950. Uh, so yeah. I watched that, and I watched All About Evil, which I'll get to in a minute. But All About Eve, uh, this movie is from 1950, um, and from the moment she glimpses her idol at the stage door, Eve Harrington, um, played by Ann Baxter, uh, is determined to take the reins of power away from the great actress Margot Channing, played by Betty Davis. Um, Eve maneuvers her way into Margot's uh, Broadway role, becomes a sensation, and even causes turmoil in the lives of Margot's director boyfriend, her playwright, and his wife. Only the cynical drama director um critic sees through eve admiring her audacity and perfect pattern of deceit so this movie is a little too long for me um it was like literally two hours and 19 minutes um but i enjoyed the twists and turns of the movie you know and and i could see the influence that this movie has had on other movies um we'll get to we'll get to it but uh you know i i could see why a lot of people liked it. it was on criterion channel so i decided to watch it as well because then i also watched all about evil which um for those not in the know i was on the horror queers podcast covering that movie with them so shout out to trace and joe uh, for letting me come on for that uh, but i watched this uh because this is before we did our recording so i was watching it i also watched it again later in the month as well i think i had it on while we were recording technically like kind of with no sound so you know, that was also another time I watched it technically, but anyway, so I, uh, with this though, I listened to the cast and um, director commentary. It was super fun. And you could just tell these people really love each other, but all about evil for those who don't know. Um, it is about a mousy librarian played by Natasha Leone, um, who inherits her 
father's beloved but falling uh, but failing um, old movie house and in order to save the family business she discovers her inner serial killer and a legion of rabid gore fans um, when she starts turning out a series of grizzly shorts uh, what her fans don't realize is that the movies in the mo- the murders in the movies are all too real um, and this was made by Joshua Grinnell who is Peaches Christ the drag queen um, in San Francisco um, it's on Shutter right now, so you can find it there. There's also a Blu-ray release of it as well, and if you want to, you know, support uh, Severed Films and their release of it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, go listen to that episode I did with the horror queers on it if you want to hear all about it. But uh, I like this movie. I gave it a three and a half, and I think I ended up giving it a four at some point. I just really like this film. I mean, Peaches Christ herself is from Baltimore, from, from Maryland in particular. So, like, you know, I... I love that there's the influence of Herschel Gordon Lewis in there, John Waters in there, all that kind of stuff. So I, I could get into this. And for those who are interested, you know, um, I, I definitely think, you know, a fun time with it. Uh, so yeah, definitely enjoyed that. So that was my independence day. Um, then, uh, a couple days went by and I ended up watching two more films. Um, so I watched Pink Flamingos from 1972. Uh, so this movie is a John Waters movie. Uh, so notorious Baltimore criminal and underground figure divine goes up against Connie and Rainbow Marbles, played by David Lockery and Mick Stoll, respectively. Um, a sleazy married couple who make a passionate attempt to humiliate her and seize her tabloid given title as the filthiest person alive so this movie is the one where divine eats um dog shit at the end of it uh but you know i said that this is still a heartwarming story about a woman who is just trying to make it in the world and to bring justice and i i still stand by those words i give it a three and a half for myself but like uh you yeah, know I, I love this movie um i mean not a spoiler or anything, but I will be covering it soon. So be on the lookout for that. But yeah, I, I enjoy this movie a lot. Again, John Waters is somebody who he's one of my favorite directors. Cause I just love that he's a Maryland guy and he's from Baltimore and he shot all of his movies here. And, you know, I just, I love it. Like, that's so cool, you know? So, and, uh, and I get into that one too. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more John Waters for some other stuff I watched. But yeah, definitely enjoyed that one. Um, it's not for everybody, obviously. But, you know, uh, it's so fun and silly and ridiculous. And I'm, I'm into it. And the same day I watched, uh, speaking about earlier, uh, I watched Saved from 2004, which I also did an episode on. Um, this is just a random watch because it was on, um, I think it was on prime or something like that so i decided to watch it um there are some issues with pacing a little bit in this movie but overall i do enjoy it uh this is from brian Danley, um and it's about mary who's played by jenna malone um she has a good uh she's a good christian girl who goes to a good christian school has good christian friends good christian boyfriend until she finds out that her boyfriend is a gay guy and that uh she is pregnant actually um and yeah, it's uh, Manny Moore's in it, uh, Macaulay Culkin's in it, uh, so many different people, uh, Mary Louise Parker, and yeah, so many, Heather Marazzo, like, I, you know, it's it's amazing, and even Omori, <laughs> of course, too, Susan Sarandon's daughter, um, but yeah, I mean, I like this movie, like, um, I don't own it or anything, but it's been streaming a couple different places, and um you know, I did an episode on it, like I said, but I, I enjoy this movie a lot. I think, um, you know, it's a fun little, 
fun little movie from the 2000s, a little teen comedy, if you will. Um, I think it got overshadowed by like Mean Girls, for example, but I think people, there are people who still really like it and it went a little under the radar. Um, and I, I still really enjoy it, you know, so, and again, Brian Danley, he's from Baltimore, you know, he's uh, German born, but he uh, went to school in Baltimore and, you know, ended up going to grad school in California and all that. But, you know, uh, I got to have a nice conversation with him um, while I was doing my episode. I didn't get to record it, but uh, we did have a nice conversation over FaceTime and um, he was a very nice man. Shout out Brian Danley. But um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I liked you know, his, I liked the conversation I had with him. Um, it was nice to hear that he knew about Baltimore things too, <laughs> which is kind of cool, but yeah. So yeah, saved. Uh, anyway, so then a couple days went by and then I ended up, uh, on the eighth, I think, or so I watched, uh, the Rift tracks live and reefer madness from 2010. Um, cause I will also be covering that. Uh, <laughs> I will be covering that film as well, uh, along with the movie musical. Um, so you know, uh, but I decided to watch uh, the Rift Tracks live because I was told to watch that one. Um, this movie itself is awful, but the commentary on it at least makes it bearable. Um, so if you don't know what Rift Tracks live is, so uh, it's Kevin, Michael, and Bill. So these guys are the people who are the commentators on Mystery Science Theater. Uh, so they're the ones who. Um, they're the ones who did all the voices for them. And so <clears throat> those guys uh, do these things called riff tracks or whatever. Yeah, it's uh, Michael J. Nelson, Kevin Murphy, and then Jim Malone, I believe, uh, is like who that is. Or, yeah, no, Bill. Whoever the hell Bill is. Oh, my God. Who am I looking at? Anyway, but so pretty much this guy... <laughs> But these guys, they do this um, fucking, like, you know, uh, they riff on movies or whatever. And so, yeah, I, I liked the one that they did for uh, Reefer Madness, because overall, that movie is horrid. Um, so, like, if you don't already know Reefer Madness, I mean, it's a propaganda film that was made by the government to, like, demonize weed, marijuana, you know, all that. So, and it's just really horrible. Um but I did watch the Rift Tracks live. It was on Tubi, so I decided to watch that. For some reason, Reefer Madness is also on Showtime, which I don't really know why, but okay, whatever. But uh, yeah, so that's what I was watching on on July 8th. Uh, but then I also, uh, speaking of Paul Verhoeven, I ended up watching Showgirls because I will also be covering that movie soon. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, again, if you listen to these things, I might just tell you what I'm going to be covering. <laughs> so, shit, why not? But anyway, um, I mean, of course you knew it was going to happen, probably. But anyway, Showgirls, uh, if you don't already know, this is pretty much like a... Uh, <laughs> it's a young drifter named Nomi Malone. She arrives in Las Vegas to try to become a dancer, and she soon sets about clawing and pushing her way to the top to become the top showgirl. Uh it's like a smuttier all about Eve a little bit, which I think it's funny because Gina Gershon, who's in this movie as well as Crystal Connors, like she's also said that a little bit where she's just like, it's kind of like all about Eve. Uh, just not as good, you know, but uh, yeah, this movie is such a unintentional camp dumpster fire, uh, but I can't look away, you know, and, and it, again, you know, you'll probably, you'll hear about it when I cover it, but like this movie is so... I mean, it's over the top, obviously, because it kind of has to be because you're talking about Vegas Showgirls, which is such a over the top kind of move, you know, job anyway. 
um, and just being a stripper in general kind of is too. But like, you know, I, I think like there is this unintentional camp that's there, but I mean, the fact that, you know, you could pick up on just like how ridiculous this is, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think like it's a fun time and, uh, the gays have coveted this movie, uh, for sure. And it is kind of a fun little movie to watch. And it was on Criterion Channel for whatever reason. Uh, so why the hell not? Let's do it. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyway, but uh, then the next day, though, I ended up watching the Reefer Madness musical, the movie musical from 2005, uh, which is pretty much the same thing as Reefer Madness. It's just a musical. Uh it tells the tale of the Harper affair in which young Jimmy Harper finds his life of promise turned into a life of debauchery and murder. Thanks to the new drug menace, marijuana along the way, he receives help from his girlfriend, Mary Lane um, and Jesus himself, but always finds himself in the arms of the reefer man and the rest of the denizens of the reefer den. Uh, so this is a, this has been on Tubi before uh, it was a showtime movie uh, back in 2005 uh, and it's a musical. It was a musical that came out um, in L.A. and then went to New York for a minute for Off-Broadway, I believe. And uh, it's just like, so super fun. I love this movie. Um, it has Kristen Bell in it as Mary Lane. Um, I said Kristen Bell can say shut up, bitch to me any day, which is very true. And uh, this movie is definitely the superior version of the film. Um, and the music just slaps really hard. I put a lot of it on my playlist on my iTunes or my Apple music or whatever. So yeah, I, I love that movie musical. And if you have not seen it, please, please, if you're at all interested, um, go find it. Cause it's really, really fun. And then the same day, I decided to watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High because I did an episode on it. Uh, this movie in particular is from 1982, and it follows a group of high school students growing up in Southern California. It's based on the real-life adventures chronicled by Cameron Crowe. So, like, Stacey Hamilton and Mark Ratner are looking for a love interest and are helped along by older classmates, Linda Barrett and Mike Damone, respectively. And then the center of the film is um, held by Jeff Spicoli, a perpetually stoned surfer, played by a young Sean Penn. Um, who faces off with the resolute uh, Mr. Hand, who is convinced that everyone is on dope. Uh, but yeah, so, <laughs> like, I just love this movie. I gave it a five. You know, I enjoy it a lot. I think it's one of the best teen movies out there for me. Um, I just really like this. Like, I think it's such a honest look at what it's like to be in high school. Um, and, you know, it just feels real realer to me than some other teen movies do um and I, I just really enjoy it you know and and um i own this on a double feature with days of confused but i am uh i'm such a fan of this movie and it's amy heckerling's directorial debut so i mean of course she did clueless and you know other movies as well but i, I really like this one so uh yeah fast times of regiment high is fucking great um and then same day, um, I also watched uh, Female Trouble because I also decided to, um, <laughs> I don't know what it was. Oh, actually I do. So like uh, earlier in the month, I decided to treat myself to some uh, Blu-rays or, or some movies from John Waters. And so I already owned Pink Flamingos uh, for the Criterion. Uh, collection one but i decided to get uh female trouble like i said but i also got um 
two other ones as well. I actually got a couple other ones. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, uh, I'll talk about those in a little bit, but anyway, yeah. But female trouble is what I, uh, watched next though. It's from 1974. I said, everything about this is wonderful. Um, so if you don't know what female trouble is, it's the movie that came after pink flamingos. Uh, it's about the life and times of Dawn Davenport showing her progression from bratty schoolgirl to crazed mass murderer, all of which stems from her parents' refusal to buy her cha-cha heels for Christmas. Um, I just love this movie. I think it's so fun. Um, it's such a, a departure in a way. Um, it's a little bit more of a cohesive story um, than Pink Flamingos was a little bit, but I really did enjoy this and I have the Criterion Blu-ray of it. So, you know, of course I can listen to all like the commentaries and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just put in my, my note <laughs> in Letterboxd um, said, Bumpin' Pussies is a violation of prison rules, which comes at the end of the movie. But there's so many good lines in this movie, and it's fucking amazing. I mean, uh, even just in the beginning where, you know, Dawn's in the classroom and she's eating a meatball sandwich and some girl's narking on her and she's like, Mr. Weinberger, Dawn Davenport has been is eating a meatball sandwich right out in class and she's been passing notes in her baltimore accent i love it Ugh, these movies are so great anyway uh, so the next day though like uh, maybe the next two days over the next two days um i also watched uh polyester because i bought that too i bought that on uh, dvd i got female trouble from for blu-ray then i got the criterion for polyester but i got it on dvd i didn't realize i got it on dvd but that's okay and then i also got uh, multiple maniacs as well i've already seen multiple maniacs so i didn't watch it this month but still it was fun um but i got that on uh, dvd as well and then i also got hairspray uh as well uh 1988 uh on blu-ray which was nice so yeah but polyester is from 1981 um in my my note i said everyone deserves um a friend like cuddles um so like polyester if you don't know so it's another john waters movie it's from 1981 it's one of the movies that uh new line cinemas did uh it's one of their like first big movies they did really um but a suburban housewife um her world falls apart when her pornographer husband admits he's seriously unfaithful to her her daughter gets pregnant and her son is suspected of being the foot fetishist who's been breaking local women's feet um so the housewife is francine fishpaw played by divine um she has this friend named cuddles played by edith massey who is also in like um she's in ida in female trouble and um Edie egg lady and um pink flamingos or whatever but you know i i liked polyester i thought it was really fun and it's really ridiculous um and it was kind of like uh john waters's first movie that really kind of went mainstream really because it was released by new line cinemas you know and this is before nightmare on elm street was there and and all that but you know i I enjoyed it. I gave it a three and a half. It wasn't my favorite John Waters movie or anything, but I'm glad I own it because then I could just show people it. Um, and then also, uh, yeah, it's just like, it's it's playing off of the Douglas Sirk films of the 50s and this kind of like melodramas, if you will. Um, and so I was really into that. But yeah, polyester was really cool. The next day I then watched All About Evil as well. I think it was the day we were recording for um, 
it was either that or the 13th. I think we were recording for the horror queers episode. Um, so, uh, I also had that playing as well. Uh, and then I watched, uh, 10 things I hate about you. Cause I did a podcast on it. Um, and 10 things I hate about you is from 1999. Uh, so on the first day of school, uh, as new school, Cameron played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he instantly falls in love with Bianca played by Larissa Olenek, um, the gorgeous girl of his dreams. And the only problem though, is that Bianca is forbidden to date until her ill-tempered, completely undateable older sister, Kat played by Julia Stiles also goes out as well. Um, in an attempt to solve his problem, Cameron singles out the only guy who could possibly be a match for Kat, um, a mysterious bad boy with a nasty reputation of his own. Uh, Patrick Verona played by Heath Ledger rest in peace uh, so there's mov- parts of this movie that I like and then like the mashup of both Heath Ledger and David Krumholtz was just too much for me to handle almost because if you don't already know I love David Krumholtz a lot um, and I love Heath Ledger a lot um, it was a little too much to take I'm not, but I did do an episode on it um, that came out last month um, so yeah but that was my uh, my thing for 10 Things I Hate About You. I gave it a three and a half. I have some nostalgia with this movie as well. So, you know, um, not everything in it works, but I do think, like, most of it, like, you know, it's a fun little time to watch, you know? So, why not? Uh, then I watched uh, another movie that I'd never seen before, uh, which is not surprising to me. But, like, I- I'm glad I watched it, though. It was uh, The Princess Diaries from 2001. Uh, that's a Disney movie. I never watched it in my youth, but I did enjoy what I watched. Uh, so if you don't know The Princess Diaries, um, a socially awkward but very bright 15-year-old, uh, Mia Thermopolis, played by Anne Hathaway, is being uh, raised by a single mom, and she discovers that she is the princess of a small European country called Genovia um, because of the recent death of her long-absent father, who, unbeknownst to her, was the crown prince of Genovia, like I said, um, and she must make a choice between continuing the life as a San Francisco teen or stepping up to the throne. So Heather Maraz is in this movie uh, as her friend Lily, um, and she's great in the film. And I love Anne Hathaway, too. I thought she was great. Um, she has a great range in this movie. I mean, um, I mean, you watch something like this, which is like earlier her in career, but then also like something like Brokeback Mountain, which she's also fantastic in. Um, so like, you know, I, I like this movie a lot. I thought it was really good. Um, I think. Uh, I don't think the sequel is very good, apparently, which is the Royal Engagement one, but I, I liked this one. I thought it was really fun, and uh, I'm very glad I watched it. So, yeah, definitely enjoyed it. Then I watched a movie called Significant Other from 2022, which is on Paramount+. Plus. Um, I watched that, and so this movie is about uh, Ruth and Harry. Ruth, played by Micah Monroe, and Harry, played by Jake Busey, or no, sorry, not Jake Busey. That's from Starship Troopers. Jake Lacey is his name. Um, he's from uh, the White Lotus. Uh, he, they decided to go on a romantic backpacking trip across the Pacific Northwest. But among the beautiful scenery, Ruth makes an unexpected discovery that sets her off on a strange, frightening new path. Uh, the couple aren't alone in the woods, and they might not be the same when they come out, and if they come out. Um, so this movie, I gave it a three and a half and a heart. Um, it was a pleasant surprise. I would say if you're going to watch this movie, it's on Paramount Plus right now. Um, it's a horror movie. Uh, it's like a horror sci-fi, if you will. And it, go into this blind, and I think you'll have a kick out of it. 
Um, you know, I would definitely go into that. Micah Monroe is, is just a delight and I really like her. I think she's such a good actress. She's the girl from, um, it follows and she's in this movie. She was in watcher. Um, Jake Lacey is also really good in this movie. I mean, he plays an asshole in white Lotus kind of sort of a little bit well-meaning asshole, but turns into a little bit of an asshole. Um, cause he plays, uh, the, who was it? Um, Alexander Diodato or whatever. Daddario um, plays her boyfriend on that show. But anyway, I watched the first season of that. But uh, but yeah, he's also good in it as well. So significant other. Um, if you want to take a look at it, go ahead. Uh, you know, I thought it was a fun little time. And uh, then I watched uh, the next day, though, I watched a little movie from 1987 called Can't Buy Me Love. Um, this movie is. Uh, about nerdy high schooler Ronald Miller, who's played by Patrick Dempsey. Uh, he rescues uh, cheerleader Cindy Mancini, who's played by Amanda Peterson, um, from parental punishment after she accidentally destroys like her mom's uh, designer clothing. He agrees to pay $1,000 for the outfit on one condition, that she will uh, act as if they're a couple for a month. As the days pass, however... Um, Cindy grows fond of Ronald, um, making him popular. But when Ronald's former best friend gets left behind, um, he realizes that social success isn't everything. Um, so this movie is, I thought it was a fun watch. I gave it a three. It was on Tubi, I think it was. So, and it was on my list to watch before anyway. Um, it's cool to see some of these people, um, before they became bigger celebrities. So that was a nice little time. So for example, like obviously Patrick Dempsey is the, like one of the leads of this movie and he became like, you know, a big deal. But like Seth Green is also in this movie. He plays the little brother of um, Ronald. Um, and like, it was like random shit. Like Courtney Gaines is in this movie. Courtney Gaines, for those who don't know, is Malachi in Children of the Corn. Um, and I also have a huge crush on him too. Um, <laughs> young him and then also like i still think he looks good and he's not gay or anything but i just i liked him in this movie and anyway so it was like that and just like um yeah just random shit um and then this also got a remake in the 2000s called love don't cost a thing with christina milian and nick cannon which was written by written and directed actually by uh troy buyer who did baps um she literally worked, I think, with the guy who wrote this to, like, pretty much update it and also kind of um, do a reversal of races. This is a very white movie. Um, and then they turned uh, Love Don't Cost a Thing into, like, with two black leads, which is always a little fun. I, I put them on the similar kind of um, playing field a little bit because um, I didn't hate Love Don't Cost a Thing. Um, I think it's on the same level for this uh, for me a little bit. Um, it's like the teenage bet kind of a thing or like the teenage, like, you know, I have something over you. So like, we're going to do this for you, me or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, can't find me. Love is what I watched uh, next. Um, then I watched Hellraiser from 1987. Cause I had the distinct, um, idea that I wanted to watch all the Hellraiser movies and I might still do that, but, um, that was a, a little bit of a failed plan, but uh, I, I will still get around to it though. Cause like a lot of them are on HBO right now. Some of the later ones, the first two are on shutter. Uh, the third one, I think you can, uh, the third one I think is actually on HBO. I think everything else uh, is either on HBO or Tubi. You can find pretty easily, 
But uh, Hellraiser is a beautifully horrific film, and Clive Barker is such a visionary and wonderful. Um, if you don't know what Hellraiser is about, it's a Clive Barker story. Um, it's an unfaithful wife played by um, Claire Higgins uh, encounters the zombie of her dead lover, Frank, uh, where it's the brother of the uh, her husband, really, uh, while uh, demonic Cenobites are pursuing him after he's escaped their sadomasochistic underworld. Uh, so this is Pinhead, our girl Pinhead. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I I like this movie a lot. It's very goopy, very bloody, kind of. But um, I also loved Ashley Lawrence in this movie. I I think her Kirsty is so good. Um, and then I also enjoyed the the remake too. I didn't think the remake was that bad either. That's on Hulu, so I got into it. And then after that, I ended up watching a little movie called Phantom of the Mall, uh, Eric's Revenge, which is from 1989. This movie, I gave three stars, so if you don't know what Eric's Revenge is, um, Phantom of the Mall, or whatever, um, it's not a sequel, funny enough, but uh, anyway. Uh, so a young man named Eric uh, apparently dies in a suspicious house fire after saving his girlfriend Melody, and one year later, a new mall is constructed atop where uh, Eric's house once stood, uh, whereas a shadowy, uninvited figure, um, or a guest, is preying on the mall's crooked developers. So I watched this um, as part of the last drive-in uh, where they had a Vegas wedding thing going on. Um, and so <laughs> like this movie has Morgan Fairchild in it. It has the introduction to Polly Shore because he's in it. Um, Derek Rydal, who is in popcorn from 1991, he plays Eric um, and it's like a Phantom of the Opera story, pretty much. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a weird-ass movie, to be honest with you. But, like, I, I gave it a three. I didn't mind it. It's not the best. I mean, I said, girl, this was a movie. It's not the best in any way. But it's like a dumb, fun slasher. And if you go into it knowing that, like, you might get some enjoyment out of it. Um, it's just so over-the-top and weird. But, you know... Yeah, Phantom of the Mall, that, that's a fun one. Like, just go watch it if you want to. It's, it's kind of fun. Uh, anyway, so then, like, two days later, I ended up watching a little movie called Smiley Face from 2007, uh, which this is a Gregoraki film. You know how much I love Gregoraki. Um, but yeah, so this movie is about Jane, uh, played by Anna Ferris, a struggling, perpetually stoned actress, has a busy day ahead of her. Uh, she has several important tasks on her list, including buying more marijuana, uh, even though she's already has a good start of, uh, her day's planned drug use. She eats her roommate's pot laced cupcakes and embarks on a series of misadventures all over Los Angeles. Um, I said in this review, I said that this was a really stupid, fun treat. Um, I love Anna Ferris. I think she's pretty much the best part of anything she's in. Um, and she's the best part of this movie, par none. Um, I love that Gregor Aki went left from what he normally does with this. And I think he had a lot of fun on it, too. Because um, if you didn't already know, because I talked about Mysterious Skin last month because I watched it. it was on It's on Criterion Channel. But Smiley Face is what he did right after that, because this is in 2007 and Mysterious Skin was 2004. Um, so I think he really wanted to have a lot of fun with his next movie, which is why he did this movie. It's very much a stoner comedy, really, um, which I don't really mind. Um, 
It has like uh, John Krasinski's in it. He plays like uh, this nerd that like uh, Anna Ferris is like knows is interested in him in her, and like you know she uses that to her advantage. Uh, like Jane Lynch is in it. Um, she plays like a little part. Danny Masterson's in it. Where we're like, oh, good Lord, Lord. But um, I just thought it was super fun. It was on Tubi, and I was like, I'd been meaning to watch it anyway. So like, I'm glad I did. Um, so yeah, that's what I watched for that. Then I watched a little movie called uh Shark Exploitation, which is on Shutter. It's a documentary. Um, it came out this year. And this is the ultimate deep dive into the world of shark cinema. So filmmakers, critics, scholars, and conservationists explore the weird, wild, and cinematic legacy of sharks on film and also audiences' under undying fascination with these misunderstood creatures. So I said in my review, they could have used more talk about the beauty that is Santa Jaws, but it is a fun little documentary. It's just a documentary that's talking about shark movies, how they kind of came to be, some of the mythology behind just the shark in general, um, in our history. Um, and yeah, I mean, of course we talk about Jaws a whole lot, but then talking about like some of the ripoffs of Jaws that happened and then some of the other movies that came about, um, you know, that are focused on sharks. And then of course, something like the Meg is talked about a little bit, 48 meters down, things like that, you know? Um, yeah. So if you're a shark movie girl, then why not, um, check this one out. It's on shutter. So if you have AMC plus, you can probably watch it too. Um, but yeah, so I didn't really give it a rating or anything, but yeah, it was a fun little watch. Uh, then I watched, uh, cause I have been meaning to watch all of the child's play movies. Um, I've been putting this one off. But I watched Child's Play 3 from 1991. Um, so now I just have uh, Curse and Cult of Chucky to watch. And I'll finish the series. Um, so this movie is... Uh, eight years have passed since the beginning of the events of the second movie. Um, and Chucky has been resurrected once again. And he seeks revenge on Andy, who is his former owner, who's now a teenager, who is enrolled in military school. Um with this movie, I gave it two and a half stars. Um, I said it took me about three times to finish this movie. Um, it's a weak entry in the series for me. I didn't care for it a whole lot. Uh, Justin Whalen, I think, uh, I don't think he was that good as Andy, to be honest. Um, and you know, I didn't care at some point. I was just like, okay, uh, whatever. Um, I don't know what curse and cult will be like. I have no idea yet, but, uh, Hopefully it'll be better than this movie because I didn't really care for it a whole lot. Um, then the next movie I watched the same day uh, was a movie called The Den from 2013. Um, this is about a young woman who is studying the habits of web chat, uh, webcam chat users from the apparent safety of her, her apartment. Uh, and she witnesses a brutal murder online and she is quickly immersed in a nightmare in which she and her loved ones are targeted um for the same grisly fate as the first victim. And, uh, this movie is on, uh, Tubi, I think, but it was also on prime at some point, which is how I found it and how I watched it. Um, so I didn't have commercials, which was nice. Um, but I like this movie. I gave it a three and a half. Um, I said, girl, this movie is crazy. I was glued to my screen um, watching it. It was really good use of screen life. So the way this movie is, is similar to something like Unfriended, um, 
which I haven't really seen, but it, it follows the similar kind of thing where it's a girl who is on her laptop who's using this kind of like Omegle chat roulette sort of thing. Um, and she's doing this research for her, her graduate program. And uh, yeah, it's fucking crazy, dude. But it was, it was good. I, I liked it. Um, so I'm, I'm glad I watched it for sure. And, you know, I would recommend anybody who want to watch it, I guess, go ahead and do so. Um, but yeah. Then I watched a little movie called Dirty Dancing from 1987, because I will also um, plan to be covering that as well. Um, so I had not watched this before. Um, it was very known in my uh, my youth, if anything. My mom likes this movie, and my sister loves this movie. Um, so but I was tangentially aware of it, but I had never really watched it all the way through and it was on Canadian Netflix. So I thought, why not watch it there? Um, if you don't know what dirty dancing is about, so expecting the usual tedium that accompanies a summer in the cat skills with her family, 17 year old Francis or baby Hausman is surprised to find herself stepping into the shoes of a professional hoofer, um, and unexpectedly falling in love. Um, the hoofer was played by Johnny Rico, uh, not Johnny Rico. Oh my God. Johnny castle. Um, who's played by Patrick Swayze. Um, yeah, I gave this a four and I put a heart on it. Um, Jennifer Grey is really compelling in this movie. I thought she did a great job as Baby. Um, and she did so good. And uh, Patrick Swayze will never not be hot in this movie. I mean, uh, rest in peace. Because like I love him. Um, I'll also talk about another Patrick Swayze movie I, just, I watched as well. But uh, yeah, I, I really liked it. And I also said I wanted to go to Virginia, which... You know, again, I'm in Maryland, so I can get there pretty easily. But uh, I want to visit this big-ass lodge that they filmed at because it looks beautiful. Um, but, yeah, no, Dirty Dancing is is a really good – it's a good little movie. Like, um, you know, you got, like um, – got some mature themes in there a little bit, you know, and, um, like the soundtrack's really good on it. Like I, I enjoyed it. And again, I'll be covering it soon. So be on the lookout for that. But, you know, I, I'm very glad I watched it and, um, I, I would maybe even add it to my collection. I, I would probably own this somewhere. Um, why not? So then a couple days passed because I was tired. Um, but then I ended up watching a little movie, because uh, it was on Paramount Plus, and it was going to go off there soon, so I decided to watch it. Um, I watched a little movie called Sunset Boulevard from 1950. Um, I just said in my, my note, I said, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille, which is where this flying comes from. Uh, Sunset Boulevard, for those who don't know what it's about, it's about a hack screenwriter played by William Holden, um, and he writes a screenplay for a former silent film star played by Gloria Swanson, who has faded into Hollywood obscurity. This movie is not the same as, like, All About Eve necessarily, although they, I think they were, um, dueling at the Oscars the year it came out, because they came out the same year. But, uh, I thought Sunset Boulevard, I... I enjoyed it. I gave it a three and a half for me. Like again, um, again, it wasn't as long as all about Eve, which was nice, but like, I only have so much for like older movie, if you will, like I can get into some of them, but like not everyone hits for me. Um, this one was really, it, it got dark and it was a little twisted, which I, I enjoyed and it, it was nice, but, um, a little bit different from all about Eve, but like, I, I, 
I liked this one though. Um, I thought like the chick who played like um, Nancy Olsen, Betty Schaefer, I, I thought she was really good. Um, I thought Gloria Sonson was really good. Like, I, I mean, it, it's a classic for a reason. So like, I'm glad I watched it and I'm glad I, I have it. I need to watch more like old movies, I guess. So, you know, I should try to maybe watch some of those if anything, you know, why not? Um, in the middle too of this, um, because the next movie I watched after that was a little movie called election from 1999. And this was because, uh, the criterion, uh, collection went on sale, uh, at Barnes and Noble. If you don't already know, um, Barnes and Noble, um, <laughs> Barnes and Noble does this 50% off sale for criterion, um, collection like blu-rays and dvds and stuff like that um and so that was that was this month and so i decided to uh take advantage of that so i got election i ended up getting that uh another movie that i'm going to mention here as well uh which i'll talk about and then i got um both of the movies in the values of the dolls um universe so value of the dolls and beyond the value of the dolls um because i would like to cover those in the future so yeah but i got that uh but yeah so i got election from 1989 i bought the blu-ray of this for criterion so of course i had to pop it on um if you don't know what election's about it's a high school teacher played by matthew broderick his personal life becomes complicated as he works with a student um or works with the students during a, a school election that's saying the the least of it but um this has matthew broderick it has um you know reese witherspoon an unknown chris klein at the time uh so so good i love this movie it's a four for me um and i i'm badgering my sister to like watch it for example and like my mom i want her to watch it kind of too but like it's a fun film i think like it was an mtv movie so like you know it i mean i want to cover it on the show at some time too because like i do like this movie a lot i just think it's like there's no clear villain in this movie i don't think because we could look at but nobody's a clear hero either. Like, you know, um, and like, you're kind of supposed to hate Tracy flick, but like, you know, play Blue Reese Witherspoon, but like also you kind of feel for her a little bit too. So I don't know. I, I really liked it. So I, I would recommend it if you're into that kind of a thing. Um, and then the next day, which is a Friday, I watched, uh, the other Patrick Swayze movie that I watched, which was, um, to Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar from 1995, which I also want to cover on the show as well, which is why I watched it. Um, bitch, let me tell you something. I found this for like $4.99 on Amazon. I kind of want to get it on DVD. Um, Scream Factory did do a Blu-ray of this movie, but I kind of want to get it for the cheap. Um, I said this movie will never not be good for me. Uh, if you don't know what Tu Wong Fu is about, so three New York drag queens, so... Vita Boehme, played by Patrick Swayze, Noxima Jackson, played by Wesley Snipes, and Shishi Rodriguez, played by John Leguizamo. Um, they are on their way to Hollywood for a beauty pageant. Um, they get stranded in a small Midwestern town for a weekend when their car breaks down. And while waiting for parts from their Cadillac convertible, um, the trio show the local homophobic rednecks that appearing different doesn't mean that they ha- don't have humanity in common. 
And I love this movie. I it has Stockard Channing in it. It has Jason London in it. I think. I think it's the one London twin. Um, I mean, those three men in dra- drag, obviously. Um, Sean Penn's brother Chris Penn, who's since passed away, but yeah, I mean, like it has like it's a gay classic for me. I mean, of course, like this is. I like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, just a little bit more than this, but I I do like Tu Wong Fu a lot though. Um, and it's just so silly and wonderful. It was Amblin Entertainment, so like Steven Spielberg, like technically is kind of involved in it a little bit. Amblin, so I was like, what the hell? Why not? Uh, and then uh, on the weekend, I decided so this is a Saturday. I I watched like th- three different movies. Um, so the first movie I watched was a little movie called Stripes from 1981. This is a Bill Murray movie. Um, so, uh, John Winger, who is, uh, Bill Murray, he's an, uh, indulgent sad sack in his thirties. He impulsively joins the U S army after losing his job, his girlfriend has an apartment. Um, this also has Harold Ramis from, uh, Ghostbusters. It has PJ souls from Halloween and Carrie, Sean Young from Blade Runner, um, John Candy's in it. Like judge Reinhold's there. Like, uh, a lot of that. Um, so for me, I I did not like this movie a whole lot. It was a one and a half star for me. Um, I said the best part was them singing do what diddy while they're marching, which is kind of the known thing in this movie is that they're marching in, um, unison and, uh, to the kind of rhythm that they have, um, while marching, uh, these two, um, John and his friend, um, end up singing do what diddy by, um, Wilf Wilman man or whatever the Wilford man, whatever, whoever sang that song. Um, yeah, but like, that's like the funniest thing that is in this movie. I didn't think this movie was very funny. It's supposed to be a comedy. Uh, and I just, I didn't like it. I, I don't really, I haven't seen many of Bill Murray's movies, honestly. So like, I don't know, but this one was not for me. So I would skip it. It was on Tubi. So I decided to watch it, but I wouldn't watch it again. I didn't really care for it. Um, then I decided to stay on my Alexander Payne um, moment, and I decided to watch Citizen Ruth from two thousand uh, from nineteen ninety six. Uh, so this is actually so Alexander Payne's the guy who did Election, but before that he did this movie, um, Citizen Ruth. Um, it's about the story of Ruth Stoops, who is um, Laura Dern in this movie. A woman who nobody ever um, noticed until she got pregnant. Now everyone wants a piece of her. Um, the film is about a comedy. Is a comedy about one woman caught in the ultimate tug of war, a clash of wild, noisy, ridiculous people that rapidly dissolve into a media circus. So that's burying the lead a little bit. Because this movie is about Laura Dern playing Ruth, who is a drug addict, and she is kind of an unfit mother, pretty much. And she gets pregnant, like it says, obviously. And um, it's pretty much talking about abortion. Um, Sorry about the dog. But uh, it's talking about abortion, and it's kind of taking the piss out of both sides, honestly. Uh and yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I gave it a four for myself. Um, great debut from Alexander Payne. It has the same DNA as Election. It's not... Uh, this is a little bit more in-your-face than Election is, but Election is a little bit more... I don't know if it 
palatable palatable it kind of is but um but I, I did enjoy it a lot. So I that's why I liked this movie. And who knows? I might like his other movies, too, maybe. Maybe I'm an Alexander Payne kind of girl. Um, weirdly enough, too, I also think this had a bit of a John Waters flavor to it. Like, kind of like Serial Mom a little bit. Like, it's not as um, over the top as one of those movies. But goddamn, like, it has a similar flavor to it, though. Like, it, it just, to me, it did. Like, it was like that or like... Um, like not like it's not as campy or like over the top as but a mature leader but like i don't know like it's poking fun at both sides of the abortion you know um argument of pro-life and pro-choice so like i just loved it and i thought laura dern did such a good job too i mean of course we love her from jurassic park and all of that but i thought she did such a good job with this this role as well um i really liked it so you know, it was on Showtime, so I decided to watch it. I don't think it's on there anymore, but um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed myself with Citizen Ruth. Um, brace yourself if you watch it, because it's kind of hard to watch. It's it's very it's sad partly, but then also um, I don't know. It's like really it's good. It's really good. And the same day, I also watched uh, View from the Top, which was also on Showtime, uh, which is from two thousand three which is a Gwyneth Paltrow movie. Uh, no one thought Donna would go very far, but when she sets her sights on becoming a world uh, first-class international flight attendant, Donna throws caution to the wind and takes off in pursuit of her dreams. The ride is anything but smooth, however, and Donna's a laugh-packed um, journey of a lifetime is rocked by more turbulence than she bargained for. Um so I said, why is Christina Applegate so amazing in this movie? Cause she is, she plays, um, one of the, one of, uh, Donna Jensen's friends in this, which is Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, but then I also questioned why is Stacey Dash here? Cause she's one of the other kind of flight attendant students. Uh, love you and clueless girl, but your politics are bullshit. But, uh, and also these fashions are fire for this movie as well. But I gave this like a three at first. And I think I then put it down to a two and a half, but I will say, I mean, this movie is so stupid. It's, it's dumb, honestly, but like it, it is kind of like, dude, I don't even know. I don't know how to explain view from the top. Gwyneth Paltrow also descends this movie as well, but I, I think this movie is just like so weird. The, the outfits are fire though. I will give them that, but it, it is just a weird ass movie. So I don't know. Uh, go into it knowing that, I guess <laughs> it's not very good to me. It has Mark Ruffalo in it too. So that's fun. And then on almost the last day of the month, cause I'm recording this on the last day of the actual month. Um, I saw two movies, which were, uh, Barbie from this year, uh, 2023. Uh, if you, you know, don't know what Barbie's about, I guess. Um, <laughs> Barbie, played by Margot Robbie, and Ken, played by Ryan Gosling, are having the time of their lives in the colorful and seemingly perfect world of Barbie Land. However, when they um, get a chance to go to the real world, they soon discover the joys and perils of living amongst humans. Um, this movie is the most recent movie I watched, obviously, because it just came out. Um, I said in my notes, I said that I want to cuddle with Alan, who's played by Michael Sarah, and just tell him that he's enough. Um, or Knuff or whatever. But uh, 
I like this movie a lot. I gave it a four and a half. It might just be recency bias, maybe, perhaps. But honestly, like, I enjoyed this movie. I went and saw it with my sister um, at our local little movie theater or AMC over here. Um, and I, I liked it. I, I thought it's exactly what I thought it would be. Like, it was this kind of over-the-top campy Barbie movie, you know what I mean? Um, it, it's crazy to me that, like, you know, you have so many conservative people who are, you know, rallying against the movie and like whatever the fuck, right? But then I'm also like, uh, so did you not think that a Barbie movie who is directed by kind of a feminist lady as Greta Gerwig, you know, like, did you not think there would be some kind? Because it's not subtle with his messaging at all, you know what I mean? But like, I I am just like this movie is not even that bad. Um, I think it is overall still a comedy, and I don't think that the messaging diminishes the comedy at all. Like I still think it's very funny, and I still think it's just like real fun. And you know, things people take take things too seriously sometimes. Um, I don't think this movie is to be taken that deep. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it can get a little deep at times. You know because. Barbie's having an existential crisis or whatever, but like overall, like it's a movie that I think you can enjoy for what it is. And it, you know, there's no reason to burn your Barbies in effigy. Okay. So whatever. Um, and then um, I ended the uh, month with watching a little movie called my own private Idaho from 1991, which is the other thing I got on, um, the criterion sale um i think right now that's kind of what i'm i'm cool with have gotten of getting there um i only spent um i didn't spend too much money about 80 bucks maybe for four blu-rays which was really nice uh but yeah like that was great um this has been on my list for a while though it's the guffs van zant movie um so in this loose adaptation of shakespeare's henry the fourth um mike waters played by um River Phoenix is a gay hustler who is afflicted with narcolepsy. Scott Favor, um, who's played by Keanu Reeves, is the rebellious son of a mayor. And together, the two travel to Portland, Oregon, to, uh, from Portland, Oregon to Idaho, and then finally to the coast of Italy in a quest to find Mike's estranged mother. And along the way, they turn tricks for money and drugs, eventually attracting the attention of a wealthy benefactor and sexual deviant. Um so in this movie, at least I, it had been on my list for a minute, you know, um, to watch cause it's very much a queer film, um, because River Phoenix plays a queer man, obviously. And, and they are hustlers, like they're, um, sex workers, male sex workers. Um, but I, I liked this movie. I gave it a four, um, and I hearted it because even with like something like this, Again, it's not going to be for everybody, but, like, I will say that it was nice to see an early example of this kind of queer cinema going on. Um, that was cool. And then also, I think that both of these actors knock it out of the park. I am a lover of Keanu Reeves. I love a lot of things he's in. He will always be, um, you know, Theodore Logan to me. Uh, but, like, I thought he also did really good. I fucking hate him in this movie. Uh, which I think you're supposed to, but I also loved River Phoenix in this movie. I mean, that boy did so good in Stand By Me, and then I think he did so good in this movie too. And it's such a shame that you know we lost him at a young age because of drugs and all that. Um, and we get to live, you know, we get to see Joaquin Phoenix, of course, but um, 
but yeah, I thought this movie was really fun and it was good. It was, it was worth a watch for me. Um, and I think any queer person, I think it's worth a watch. Um, you know, who wants to see kind of a gay themed film, um, definitely would say worth a, worth a shot. Uh, but yeah, everybody, that is what I watched in the month of July. Um, and I didn't really get around to watching any kind of a uh, whole lot of TV. I don't think I, um, <laughs> I was, uh, I didn't get to watch Buffy, unfortunately. Um, I was a little busy, uh, watching some other things as well. Uh, mostly, what the fuck was I watching? I got into something where I was watching, um, a particular type of show. What was that? Oh my God. Um, I can't even remember now, but, um, I was like binging on this one type of show that I was watching. It wasn't, um, Anyway, it's not important, but, uh, you know, I, uh, was just fascinated. I was like, oh my God. Oh, I know what I watched. I, I kind of remember what it was. I watched a little bit of Heartstopper. I did finish that. Thank God. Um, cause that took a minute for me to like, you know, actually go back and finish. Um, because the second season is going to come out. And then also, um, I was a started and then finished up on what we do in the shadows as well, which is on FX. Um, so I did watch those and all of that. Yeah. So I think those, those are like the, the big things, you know, um, those are like the big, huge ones that I was watching. Um, and then just watching some other stupid shit, you know, on YouTube or whatever the hell that I was doing. But yeah, no, so that's what I did. Um, again, you know, I'll find some time to, I still need to find some time to watch Buffy at some point. I really do. Um, but you know, I'll get around to it, I guess, you know, there's gotta be, you know, you can only do so much. Right. So, uh, but anyway, though, but if you, uh, liked what you heard, you know, please, you know, listen to any of the other episodes I have in my back catalog. Um, and I'll, um, talk to you next month when I talk about what I watched for August, but thank you all so much. And I hope you have a great, rest of your uh your day i hope you had a great july and i also hope you have a great august and talk to you then take care bye bye